Hey, Culture Hackers, it's Robbie Richmond here. First episode in a long time. I realize I need to get to the part two of the Q&A. And if you have more questions, you can send them to me at robert at cultureblueprint.com. What I want to talk about today is an overall trend I'm seeing in culture related to business and organizations, but really happening across the board. And the result of this is because of a larger trend of change and chaos and things happening so fast that it builds up a few things, Um, not the least of which is a certain level of anxiety that comes with it. But on a more practical level, I'll just give you one example of how this this feeds in. Like notice how many open browser tabs you have right now. And that's just one example of the ways that we can get overwhelmed. At a corporate level, I'm seeing this when I go into big organizations and leaders say they get five invites for the same meeting time. That means more choices to make. So there are so many choices, so many opportunities. I don't know about you, but I'm finding for myself and for others so many ideas and notes and projects that I can be working on and many priorities, despite the definition for priority, was always one. The word priorities, the plural, had to be added to the English language. So when a company has 10 priorities, it makes no sense. Even five priorities don't really make sense. And I'm seeing across the board this trend of overwhelm of so much information of so many decisions that need to be made and what comes with what's called decision fatigue meaning that there are just so many decisions and each one takes a lot of energy and what's strange is from the perspective of the mind that I've seen from the writing on this is that the energy that it takes to decide what for lunch is very similar to deciding things like your career or where you're going to go on vacation or other big things like that, because the mind is content neutral. So when you're stressing over a decision, it's the same amount of energy use on the brain for any kind of decision. And that's why I bring up Obama in this case, because he's got two strategies for for this. Um, One is having the same thing for lunch every day, so he doesn't have to use that decision-making power. Second, wearing one of two suits every day, either the gray one or the dark blue one, so he doesn't have to decide on that. And also making the most important decisions early in the day. I remember a quote from Bill Clinton when he left the White House. And it's chilling. He said every mistake he ever made, he made it when he was tired. He made it when he was tired. So I've heard from certain leaders that they won't make decisions, or at least very important decisions, past 4 p.m. Because it's when we get tired. And our decision-making strengths and ability to hold reason and emotion and all these things is not quite as strong as earlier in the day. Maybe you can pick it up again if you're a night person. But whenever that period is for you when you're tired, it's not a great time to be making decisions. And so that means that going forward with the amount of chaos that's happening, um, the ways that we can sharpen up our decision-making abilities is one of a few of these practices that I told you, but the larger idea would be eliminating as many decisions as we need to make that are not relevant to what our larger goals are. Did you get that? It's kind of like the equivalent of it's way easier to stay organized without a lot of stuff. 
because you don't have to manage so much stuff. So the question is, how do we start clearing that out? That's something that I've been thinking a lot about, especially for our group with XPill. If you haven't checked out XPill.com, it's a new venture I'm launching that's really, um, well, that's a whole long story in itself. But if you're looking for some major breakthroughs for you or your team or your company, that's where we're having some major traction is at XPill. And and I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to that or perhaps do a full podcast on it. Um, but the point of this is, wow, I've... <laughs> I've actually lost the point. What was, oh yes. So what we're finding with this is with people who are, are dealing with this is that, that figuring out what are all these open loops, a concept that I've found from many places, not the least of which is, is David Allen and getting things done. And the concept of what are all those undone things, not only things about, um, you know, like fixing the house, but where did I promise something and I haven't delivered? Where am I debting to myself, like saying I'm going to go to the gym, but I don't? And what are all these open loops that haven't been closed? And a distinction that we're making is between closing open loops, which is getting something done, and clearing open loops. So the clearing of open loops is having a system to put it into that we can trust. GTD, Getting Things Done, talks a lot about this, but the basics of it is having a system so I know where my reference material is, where my to-do list items, where my events are, where anything at any given moment is, but I'm only concentrating on the one thing at hand. And so the first step in this is really eliminating anything that doesn't need to be organized. What are the things that we're not even committed to? And that goes on a separate list. Or things that we can finally just get honest about ourselves and say, you know what, I haven't used those rollerblades in three years. Am I really going to use them? You know, and eliminate these things from our life that take energy and thought every time we look at them, every time we pass them by and let go of them. Just let go because it makes it easier to deal with. And just getting really honest. And I'd say the ones that are are most impactful, um, you know, I've got a lot of things I want to do to my house. But they're in this one list. I know where they are. I'll get to them when I get to them. When they exist as little notes and ideas and things here and there, that's when it starts to drain energy, especially every time I look at them. But I think what's most important, especially from a business cultural standpoint, is where are the unkept promises? Where is it when we would said we would do something for a team, for another team member, for the company, for ourselves that we didn't do? And I want to stress do it for ourselves as well because what happens here is if I'm not taking care of my own needs, that means I'm having an emotional drain on other people. Did you get that? If we don't really take care of our own needs, we're draining other people. So it's the promises that we make to ourselves as well. Oh my God, I promised myself that I would just relax or get a massage or go to the gym. That effect on our well-being has an effect on the entire culture around us. And I know it doesn't feel like productive at the time. It feels like the last thing but being productive. But oddly, I found things like naps are really productive because I wake up with them with clarity and clear decision-making capabilities. So we're, we're kind of all over the place with this one. And by we, I mean me. <laughs> But I hope you're getting this idea that the amount of chaos, the frustration, the confusion, the anxiety, it starts with this feeling of having things all over the place because there is so much opportunity. Ooh, I can read this article. Oh, wait, this post on Facebook, etc. There are so many opportunities for distraction. 
that it brings into question how can we take our lives back? How can we take control back? And, you know, one of the things that I do is I have a list of articles I want to read because I'll find one, get excited about it. But rather than get excited about it and read it, I'll put it into the list and see, am I still excited about it three days later, four days later? Because if I'm not, it was just a distraction. If I am, then it's highly relevant. Or using Newsfeed Eradicator, a plugin for Chrome on, uh, for Facebook, makes it so that I can't see my newsfeed. I can only see what is happening uh, from the notifications I choose. So that's a big difference. It's a really big difference. So before we go on, maybe we'll do that as another podcast talking about ways to organize this. What is irrelevant for you? What can you clear out? How can you clear up space right now? Just, you know, that good feeling of throwing things away or getting rid of things or donating. What is that? That's creating fresh air. You know, my notification just popped up of a meeting that I'm going to go do next. I think you probably heard it. And it's interesting, as a speaker, I've learned to integrate things that are happening rather than going against something and saying, that shouldn't have been happening during my podcast. I use it as part of the event, as part of the speech. And for that, that's the reminder of, do you have too many notifications on? Do you have too many notifications on? Are you getting little hits for every email, every Facebook post, every email? Like, that's just distracting you from whatever the larger goal is that you're working on. So I challenge you now to turn off the notifications, to clear space for what it is you really, really want. And if you're feeling like, you know what, you don't have the time, you don't have the energy, etc., pick a moment when you do. Pick a moment when that coffee kicks in or when you're in a really good mood and apply that. Like, put on some great music and clean and go through stuff that you can donate and go through books and say, do I really need this? Am I ever going to read this? Is this really just look like pressure right in front of me that I don't want to do? Then let go of it. Just get rid of it and see what kind of space that can come in. A woman on our expo call, Yola, said she did this with her, with her books and got rid of so many and said, you know, books are information. And so having information that's really undone on the shelf, if you believe in this kind of energy type of work, it, it creates more space for, for information flowing in. And right after that, she started to get more business coming in. Yes, I get it. Rationally coincidence, right? Um, but hey, as I say with all this stuff, don't believe me. Do not believe me. Just try it. Just try experiment for yourself. See what works. Then based on the results, choose what you do moving forward. I'm Robbie Richmond. It's been another episode of Culture Hackers. Again, any questions you can send to robert at cultureblueprint.com and I will see you next time.